This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You know, for me, I'm comfortable playing whatever position, you know, that they need me to play. Um, whether it be perimeter, post, you know, point guard, whatever, you know, the case may be, you know, uh, I think my skill set suits it. And um, as far as guarding positions, I, I love to guard any position, five, four, three, two, one. So, you know, I mean, some positions are difficult to other, but I'm ready for the challenge. Pretty damn good. Not only will uh, Josh Akoji have we pronounced? Have we decided if it's a Kogi or a Koji? I well, I heard Tibbs in that introductory press conference say Okogi, Okogi. But I I've also heard Okoji as well. So I, I I've heard two I different heard pronunciations Okogi. of the G. I, I heard Okogi a couple of times. Too, yeah. So we'll go with that. We'll figure it out. But you got to like a kid who says not only at six foot four will he guard the point guard, the off guard. The small forward and the big forward, he'll guard the center yeah. if they want him to. And you know so, what? With a seven-foot wingspan, he yes, might actually yes. be able to do that. Now, Manny, do you have any trouble with the fact that every time they introduce a basketball player, he may only be 5'11", but he has a seven-foot-three wingspan? <laughs> that kind of drives me crazy. Well, Although I did hear Billis talk about somebody that got drafted and he was saying, this guy's a really good player, but he's got short arms. He says, you hear about yeah. everybody who's six foot seven having seven feet? He says he's six foot three wingspan. So Yeah, I think it does it does make a difference, I think, in terms of if you're a guy that wants to get your hand in the passing lanes and deflect yes. passes and be active defensively, <laughs> it helps to have longer arms. But part of it, I've, I still believe that part part of being a good defender is knowing where you're supposed to be and understanding, you know, understanding what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be guarding and knowing when to gamble on passings and, and that sort of thing. So he still has to learn that, I think, a little the bit. The best thing I saw in the whole press conference today was, I wasn't there in person, but uh, was when I think our guy Tibbs and Johnny K have had a frosty relationship here. I, I think that there's been some... Uh, it's been some, interesting. Some promises, for some uh, problems, but Tibbs mentioned John by name when he answered his question. Yes. I thought that was a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, I thought that was... We might have seen the thawing of the uh, relationship there between the... Perhaps. Uh, the it very is. aggressive reporter, John Krasinski, and the Tibbs. It is the off-season. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, but uh Yeah. Okay, I may be naive, and I know a lot of people didn't like this draft. I really like this draft for two reasons. I like this kid. I like this kind yeah. of a player. He's Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Maybe he won't be that good, but that's who he he, he can be. Six four, strong. 
can guard people all over. And, Plays hard. And, you know, Jimmy Butler is an all-star and not a great shooter. This, this kid might be a better shooter or has a chance to be a decent shooter anyway. And they need, I mean, and I oh, know they people. they got to guard somebody. Well, that, that's the thing. That's the thing I told people the night of the draft was like, you know, because some people were like, well, you know, they needed, they needed shooting, you know, the, the herder kid that, you know, they needed yeah. shooting. Look, they needed, they needed defense as much as they needed shooting. Yes. And, you know, if this kid, if Okoji can, can guard people with that wingspan and that athleticism, then that's going to help them too. And uh, he, he seems to be a player that's getting better, right? Yeah. Getting better, not, uh, and he's certainly not going to be a player that's satisfied like eh, a lot of us think Wiggy is. Uh, the other thing, but I also like Keita Bates-Diop yeah. for this reason. He's your replacement for Belitza. Could be. If, if, if Belitza, if you can't bring him back. Yep, and he's a restricted a free agent. He's a restricted so free agent. So you got to be careful with I don't know matching some, matching what people offer him. Yes, and I don't know if somebody's going to go. I, I don't see how you bring him back unless you can get rid of Georgie, and I don't know how you get rid of Georgie, right? Georgie's going to be really Georgie, hard to move. Yeah. He's going to be really hard to move. And... Here's the other thing. I like Belitza like everybody else does for about four games. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next eight games, he's one for four with two rebounds. And and the other I, I don't and he's not a kid anymore. He's what? He's thirty. He's thirty. I don't think I Do you worry wanna about give him. do you wanna give him a four year contract when he's 30 years old. Now, he's only been in the league for a couple of years, but he's played a lot of ball over yeah, in Europe I don't before think, that. I don't think you'll get the real big offer. And I don't... Plus, the combination of injuries and inconsistency... What would you give him? I think I'd let him walk. No, I mean, like, if you're another team that's interested um, in him, like, what would you... What do you think he would... What do you think somebody would offer him? Three for 30. Three for 30? Yeah. Yeah. If that's... See you later. Yeah. If somebody swoops in with three somebody, for 30, but, I'm... But I don't bye. know. Are, are people looking for 30-year-old guys? I, I don't know. I think he could find himself like some of those baseball players find, found themselves. The 30-year-old baseball players and the, the Logan Morrisons of the world. He might find <laughs> himself like that looking for a job. Yeah, I, in I, August I, or something. I, I, I don't know who's... A lot of people... He had a nice little stretch there. When Butler I got hurt remember. and yeah, he came in. Right and, at the start, yeah. the first five, four or five games, and people were really overacting, overreacting, and he's going to get all this money. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I think this, uh, you know, Diop is a viable replacement for him, and I, I don't think I'd worry about losing him. And they need to, I've said this for months, like, these draft picks, okay, they're not lottery picks, they're not high picks, but they gotta, they gotta hit on some of these. Yes, you know, Justin Patton, they yeah. got, they gotta get something out of him. I can, they uh, gotta get something. I can out tell of him you this: uh, the one thing I learned with having dinner with the coach last week was, and this is not inside info, but Patton is, they're concerned that yeah. Big guy with a bad seven footer with with foot with problems bad, with a bad foot. A bad you know foot. they went yep. they went through that with Peck and yep. uh, they you went through that with other guys. So uh, they'd love to have him. They like him. He's a good kid. He could help them a lot. Giving him twelve fifteen minutes and giving Cat some relief in the post. But I I don't think they're 
I don't think they're counting on him in any way to, right now. Yeah, which is unfortunate yeah. because that's that's, what that's they, another missed they could, draft pick. They could pick really and, use that. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Tom Kerbers hired today as assistant general manager for the Wild. Will, join us. Tom Kerbers, uh, Bloomington Jefferson, UMD, uh, NHL, good long career as an NHL player. Uh, welcome home, sir. You've been home, but welcome home as an employee. Thank you very much. Great uh, to be back. Uh, Tom, named today as an assistant general manager for Paul Fenton, the new general manager of the Wild. Uh, tell me about your relationship with him. I suppose seeing him in a lot of rink scouting players, huh? Yeah, I began, uh, got to know Paul in the, in the summer of 83. We played together on uh, one of the teams for the U.S. Olympic tryouts. We were both cut. And so maybe it was the bitterness that bonded us together. And then uh, in 89, we played together on a world championship team in Stockholm. That was a fun trip. And then in 90, we were teammates shortly, or briefly, I should say, in uh, Toronto. And... Uh, and then when, when I was traded, my last trade of many, I was traded from Islanders to Anaheim, and Paul had started pro scouting, so he was basically the set of eyes that uh, scouted me uh, for that trade for Anaheim. He was working for Jack Ferreira in Anaheim. Oh, really? Time. And, yeah, so they traded for me, and I went out and, and uh, played my way right out of the NHL that <laughs> next season, and, and they were able to hold on to their job, so... Uh, yeah, I've known Paul and Jack uh, for a long time, and and then in the rinks uh, since I began scouting in '98. Uh, you know, I've run into Paul in different places, and it's always been a good relationship. Tom, it couldn't have been easy to uh, leave the Lightning. Uh, it has been an amazing uh, thing what you guys have built down there as a franchise. Uh, just the, just the support they get in that Southern market and the success they've had down there. And working with Steve Eiserman must be uh, must have been a little bit uh, outstanding, huh? Yeah, you point to two things in Tampa: strong ownership in Jeff Finnick and strong leadership in Steve Eiserman running the franchise. It's real simple. There's nothing fancy about it. It's, it's effort and it's honesty and integrity, and you know it changed. I watched the I watched the tr- the franchise transform from a real problem of the NHL to uh, maybe you know as strong as any in the NHL in the last eight years. And you know that's good to be around that, and it was good to be part of that. And we came close three of the last four years, and and uh, it's a winning environment. So. All you can do is give yourself a chance to win. We were able to do that in Tampa, and uh, you know that's been going on here, and 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 uh, we'd like to make it a little better here. Uh, what uh, duties are pretty similar to what they were in Tampa? Can you tell yet? Uh, you know what? It's uh, in Tampa. I was I was in a little more of a, a personnel um, and college free agent, and I did some pro scouting. And once in a while, Steve would call and ask me to go watch a player we were considering for a trade. And uh, now it's a little. I'll be a little more involved with more things and a little closer to the actual decision making, which is, which is fuel for all of us in the game. You put a lot of hours in, and and you know it's not work. It's I mean, we call it work, but it really isn't work. You kind of live your life in sports, and and uh, it's not fantasy sports. It's real sports, but it's not work either. Uh, this is uh, this has been your region. Uh, you you didn't have to move. Uh, you don't have to move to come back home to Minnesota. You you did a lot of work around this area, and uh, so you get to stay home. That's pretty good. What's, what's yeah? It's, 
What's the, yeah, the do we got the kids or the grandkids playing hockey yet? What do we got going on? Yeah, no, I kind of have grandkids. I'm kind of half father, half grandfather to a second set of children that I have. I have a I have two daughters in town here. One's graduated college, living in Minneapolis, working in the North Loop, and one's a, one will be a senior in high school in Eden Prairie, and then two boys, uh, eleven and ten. So I'm spread out pretty good, and I'll leave I'll leave off this phone call and head for. A Minnetonka at Chaska, eleven-year-old baseball game. Oh, okay. Get off the phone. You got them playing baseball too. That well, yeah, that, they like they love baseball. That's that's good. So, uh, what uh, come the the wild? Uh, it's going to be a, a a fun deal here to have a, a new operation and uh, Jack Jack involved in it. What's your background with Jack Ferrer? Well, Jack was GM of, of uh, Anaheim okay. uh, when I was traded out there for my last run at it. And then, you know, Jack, uh, interesting note for Jack, he bought me out. That's how well I played. I got bought <laughs> out after one year in Anaheim. And uh, I, was, I wasn't kidding when I played my way out of the league. And then Jack set me up for a year of hockey in Japan. I'd never, really? never heard that there, there was <laughs> hockey in Japan. So I played my last year of pro, uh, a connection of Jack's, uh, turned into an opportunity, and away we went to to Tokyo. And I played in a uh, then six team league uh, in in Japan, and a great year of life experience. Just fantastic. See that country, live it instead of visit. I don't know that I ever would have visited, but uh, we lived there for a full season, and you just learn a lot about uh, life by going and taking that kind of adventure on. And uh, one big thing that I remember is. I got over there, and I was the biggest guy on the ice, and all those guys in the NHL that ran me over for 11 years, I got even, I got even with some nameless Japanese guys in one season. They were, so we'll call it square now. I got, I got back at everyone. They probably called you Godzilla or something when you were running those guys over. So uh, you won the Cup, of course, uh, early in your uh, career. Uh, did you ever celebrate like Ovi celebrated? I lived with Chris Chelios. Uh, downtown Minneapolis, we were both single. It was uh, the mid-80s. Um, I'll just leave it at that. We had, a pr- we had a pretty good time. That was something, watching Ovechkin uh, and, the, and the Caps uh, have a good time. Uh, you guys lost a tough one to them, but, uh, man, alive, they uh, they partied. They went hard. You know, it, they had. there's a lot of pent-up. Uh, excitement there. They were a pretty good team for a long, long time. I just spoke of our team in Tampa the last four years. We've had three good runs. Well, they've had that going on for much longer, and they finally punctured the seal, and we we were in the way of it for a while, and they pushed us out of the way. And They were a good team, and, and uh, for Ovechkin, it, it's a lot of uh, there's a lot of chatter around those star players, and I think at a certain point in time, yeah. those guys decide they want the Stanley Cup next to their name, and, and there's a little more fuel, and you can kind of see that with Ovechkin this spring. Uh, you were, of course, uh, still with the Lightning when they got uh, taken out by the Caps, too. How long does it, uh, you, and, and, this, and this job came up, but how long does it take for an organization to get over a disappointment like that? You know, it was interesting that way because uh, – with Eiserman, I worked with Gretzky previously. There's a there's an underlying competitiveness that borders on insanity or evil or <laughs> or maybe call it keen competitiveness for the, all these great players in all these sports. They're not that much different than the next level player. They just they just have something extra. When we lost that game seven to the Caps, uh, he he didn't he wasn't around long. He walked over and said a couple words, and then I didn't see him again, and I didn't really hear from him for about a week. 
And uh, when we went back in in early June for uh, pro scouting meetings, he was in a, a he was in a pretty good frame of mind. Sort of like you know we got close. Here's what we're going to have to do. We have a good team. We're gonna we're gonna find a little extra here, and we're gonna go win this thing. And he's determined. And he's a uh, he's you know he he reacted uh, about as well as a guy could. But when we lost, he was as angry as I've ever seen him. And uh, Gretzky, of course, he had him in Phoenix, and they uh, they still really haven't figured that one out. But uh, uh, what what was it like working for him? It was interesting, uh, real nice guy, and interesting to watch how he has to operate and how he has to protect himself. I don't, I I don't know if I what to compare it to, but he has to be almost physically protective of himself where he sits in a restaurant. Oh, really? You're not, yeah. You're not, yeah, you're not going down to the local pub no. and grabbing a burger and a beer with him because he can't, he can't fend off uh, whether polite or not the people that approach for a piece of his time, but. It was interesting. He he had a real cool way of acknowledging people and maybe signing an autograph or giving them a uh, piece of recognition of of a hello. And then the way he averted his eyes and would go back to a conversation that may or may not have been going on without offending the person, he could do it, and he could do it just as smooth as could be, and he never offended anyone. And uh, it took care of the situation, but... Uh, you know, I've seen enough mob movies. They got to sit in the right place in the restaurant. He, he always did. And I, and the funny thing was, if, if there was a group of say eight uh, having dinner, and he was part of it, I would I would I would scout the room and I'd try to grab a seat in the you know so I was near him, just because you don't get that many chances to talk to that guy. And you, if you're on the other end of the table, you know you didn't you didn't want to sit across from me. You wanted to sit across from him. Hey, uh, Tom, uh, the, the, your, your, your UMD Bulldogs get into the playoffs by a thousandth of a percentage point over the Gophers and win, uh, win the NCAA championship again in exciting fashion. And then you see the NHL, and it just goes down. It seems to me like the margins in, ho- in big-time hockey, whether it's college or the NHL, are so much closer than they used to be maybe well, you know, 20 years ago. The difference is it, there's not much difference. No, there, there really isn't. There's a, it, it's, it's tight. Uh, that, that run by Duluth, uh, getting in, I was with their athletic director when <laughs> those wins started falling like dominoes for them. And yes, right. It, they did it was six. great you know, for, for the select few people that were – that were there, it was awesome. And then they, you know, then they win, and and uh, they, all the games were tight that they won. They were behind, and I think in three out of four of the final uh, NCAA games, and 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 squeezed out wins. And then you you roll into the NHL. I I spent some time. I was pre scouting the Vegas uh, Winnipeg series, uh, you know, with the hopes that we'd make it to play one of those teams. And uh, watching Vegas play. And hearing all the stories, and you know, having seen them a few times during the course of the year, that really was simply a goalie show. He was outstanding. I read something shortly after that that he had, you know, it was it was among the best performances through three rounds of the playoffs in the history of the league. And that's the difference maker. You know, the saves that Holtby made in the final, everyone will remember for years when they think of this year's final. And you know, Flurry was that player for three rounds, and then. Then he wasn't anymore, and and so we all we all fall on the sword on our goalies' performance in the big games because what you just said the teams get really even when everyone plays really hard and plays with uh, determination every shift of the game, and you 
you simply can't expect that for 82 straight regular season games. You get it, and if you can do that more than your opponent, you're a pretty good team, but at the end, it's the goaltending. All right. Hey, Tom, uh, congratulations, and enjoy today's ball game. Thanks, Pat. All right. Uh, good. Tom Kerbers, the new assistant general manager of the uh, Minnesota Wild. Great guy. Good hockey guy. Worked for Gretzky. Worked for Iserman. That's pretty good. Those uh, are pretty two pretty good names to yes, work for. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, and uh, now he's uh, now he's brought in here by Paul Fenton. And I don't want to mention. Well, yes, I do. That the first guy to mention that he should hire Tom Kerbers was none other than Mister Puck. Patrick Puck, as they call me, right? The, mm-hmm. uh, the I think I think it was hours after the uh, the Fenton got the job. I said this was a op- empty netter to hire Tom Kerbers, and it happened. So that's why they call you the fixer. The fixer because you got again. all the ideas. The fixer. Yeah, I have the ideas, and one of my ideas is don't claim guys like Taylor Motter on waiver waivers. That's one of my ideas. We'll be back. John, in honor of this day in history, I was looking up the Route T- Route 66 TV series. Sure, and there was the uh, there was a Route 66 song that the guy did, right? But, yeah. But they didn't use that as the theme because they didn't want to pay for the rights to to use that song. So they had uh, Nelson Riddle come up with a with a an instrumental, instrumental sure. thing to it, but sure. they didn't have the. Mm. The well-known Route 66 song, they wouldn't use that. That's, they cheapos. Yeah. So. That's a classic. Uh, Bobby Troop wrote that. The yes, Bobby Troop. And we'll, I think uh, Bobby Troop will be our sound at 455 <laughs> singing it. Because I'm not playing the the boring Nelson Riddle yeah. uh, music. Anyway. Well, the, the other one, Nat King Cole, of course, did the, the hit version. That was just wonderful, okay. too. Okay. So well, uh, Nat didn't... Uh, that didn't screw up many songs. No, he really did. <laughs> so that last bumper you played, I, I kind of missed what you were talking about. That was from? No, no, no. that's going to be. I, I was oh. telling him that oh. the, the I was looking up Route 66 for yeah. a reason, then I looked up the TV series, and they wouldn't pay for the hit song. They wouldn't. They wouldn't pay the rights to play that, so they had Nelson Riddle come up with this <laughs> instrumental, this boring instrumental as their theme song. The one you just played. No, 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 that was no. a different song. What was that? <laughs> because that sounded like an instrumental that you'd hear during that show. During that era. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. the same thing. It was great, man. Uh, this it's is funny. Those guys were just driving around the country having a good time, and they ended up solving crimes the whole way around or, or creating. It was kind of like the Lone Ranger. You know, yeah. they'd always run into trouble. They weren't looking for trouble. They just ran into it. It was Martin Mull, right? Yeah. Was, he was, uh, Martin uh, Milner and Martin Miller. Uh, I'm Martin sorry. Milner. Not Martin Mull. And George Harris, Martin Mull did the satirical (laughs) version of it. Exactly. Uh, This update is sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. World Cup action today in Group C. uh, France and Denmark played to a zero zero Way Denmark advances. I was uh, rooting for the Danes. You think that could have been? They could have been a wink at each other to get that zero zero tie. They actually both advance. 
Oh, really? Yeah, they both advanced with that zero. We might have, so there might have been hijinks, is what you're <laughs> suggesting, Johnny. <laughs> I'm not there suggesting There might have been anything. hijinks. You just, just stay out here and kick the ball back and forth <laughs> in the middle of the field. Group D action, Argentina beat Nigeria 2-1. to one. You already talked a bit about that. Way to go, Diego. Hey, what a celebration. <laughs> That'll be the new Argentinian celebration. The double finger from Diego Maradona. And Croatia beat Iceland 2-1. to one. Now, that's Sets up these games for round of 16. Uh, France will play Argentina, and Croatia will play Denmark. I like uh, Croatia and France in those two games. Right. I don't think Argentina is very good. I, I love this theme that we have now of all-time, old-time great athletes. Giving fingers. Giving yeah. giving the Bill fingers. Russell. Bill Russell last night, <laughs> yeah, right. and Diego today, Mr. Met last year. Remember yes, Mr. Oh, Met, yeah. Met did it? Yeah. Yes. This is great. Boy, Mr. Met might get fired. Everybody there might get fired the way the Mets are going. Wow. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, Twins in Chicago opening up a nine-game road trip tonight. They'll play three against the White Sox, three against the Cubs, three against the Brewers. Tonight, Lance Lynn pitches for the Twins. Ronaldo Lopez goes for the White Sox. The Twins lineup uh, to face Ronaldo. Uh, Twins lineups haven't scored a lot of runs lately, so uh, let's see how they do tonight. Is Taylor Motter in the lineup? No, no Taylor. Who we got? Mauer leads off, plays first base. Rosario hits second in left field. Escobar at third base, hitting third. Morrison DHing, hitting cleanup. Uh, Brian Dozier hits fifth, playing second base. Kepler in right field hits sixth. Garver catches and hits seventh. Nick Cave just back on the roster. Jack Cave. Jake Cave. Jake Cave. Why yeah. do I keep calling him Nick? The that, singer. That doesn't really make any Nick's difference. Nick's a singer. Yeah. Yeah. Lounge singer? Nick no, Cave? no. He's, no. A, uh, he's a rock and roller. No, I never heard of him. Jake Cave uh, plays center field and hits eighth. Eight rounds that play shortstop and hits nine. All right. Love the end. Boy, Ronaldo Lopez is just trepidating at that lineup. <laughs> uh, College World Series finals. Game Come one on, let's go. Rained out last night. They will play tonight. The weather looks just fine. Arkansas and Oregon State, it's best of three. Uh, by the way, we have a wacky bet, of course, that was announced today. Yeah. Oh, between the governors? Yeah, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson and Oregon Governor Kate Brown. If Oregon State wins, Governor Hutchinson will send six pounds of peppered bacon oh, to Governor okay. Brown. If Arkansas wins, Governor Brown will send a six-pack of Oregon's finest brews. Is uh, our guy Helmlich uh, pitching? Is he, he is starting is he tonight. tonight? He's had two lousy starts uh, no. uh, so far. So yes, he apparently. I like Oregon State. That is a good team, boy. That's a that's a hell of a team. Although Arkansas hasn't lost yet. So uh, here on this very station this evening, here your Minnesota United coach Adrian Heath show. It's broadcasting live from the local. In Minneapolis this evening starts at 6, uh, right after your show, The Ride with Royce. You're on 1500 ESPN. Hopefully, hopefully co-host uh, Jamie Watson will get him going about the extra time that they gave the Colorados to yeah. score that winning goal. Let's get him agitated. Come on. He's fun when he's agitated, Adrian Heath. <laughs> also, apparently from your paper, uh, he was agitated about some other calls in the game, too. So. Oh, uh, okay. Several Good. calls, according to the Star Tribune. Come on, yeah. I, I thought it was the worst call since uh, Joe Maurer's double myself. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't called. It was terrible. That's yeah, not a good call. All right, Johnny. A one, two, three, ninth inning. Rodney strikes out the side, and the Twins win the series finale. So of all the ridicule aimed at the Twins in February when they got off to the, uh, when they actually, what, started 4-2 and, and then they turned mediocre, 
Who got bashed more by the commentator, the commenters, the uh, tweeters, the uh, just the, you know, people, amateur bloggers type of thing? Than Fernando Rodney and what a horrible signing that was and how stupid yeah. it was. It was like two, he made two appearances yes, and people were like, was, oh, I'm ready for this awful. Rodney this is, to yeah, experience the end. And, so yeah. now do you, now if you were one of those people, do you say, boy, I was wrong about that and go on Twitter and say that or go, no, go of course comment, not. comment on a twin story say, of course not. hey, congratulations for bringing in Fernando Rodney. Anybody no. do that? No, hell no. Uh, he is, uh, I, I didn't look up his start, what his ERA was in April, but it was four or something, but he's now, uh, has 17 saves. He's got a 273 ERA, but here's what's most interesting in 28 innings, he has, uh, 22 hits allowed and four walks. He might've hit a guy or two, but he's basically one base runner in any, mm-hmm. you'll take that. You'll yeah. take that with anybody, right? Yep. And uh, strikeouts, he has struck out in 28 innings. He's got 20. He's got a strikeout in any. So he just struck out three at the other night. That was a snapper mowing down inning back mm-hmm. in the old days. Uh, yeah. Three strikeouts in the inning. But where is everybody? Come on, I know. Now, if Taylor Motter plays tomorrow and hits three home runs, I'll say, boy, was I wrong about him, won't I? <laughs> I'll say, boy, was I wrong about him. Where he might be you? sports person of the day if yes, that happens. Yes, that's true. But Fernando Rodney has been great. Yeah. And I will say, in my defense, in April, I said he has good stuff. But you know how that, you know how it works, though, Pat. Like, the people, there's so many people on, on Twitter especially looking. that they're what? only going to tweet about negative things. Mm-hmm. That's the yes. only thing that they want to that's the only thing they want to talk about. They don't have anything. If somebody is playing well, they're not yes. going to say anything, but they're especially going to wait for the, somebody to screw up. Especially the play cheap Polad crowd. Yes. They don't want, oh, because they they're were just so looking damn for cheap. They could have had Wade Davis. Yeah. And they brought in Fernando Rodney. And by the way, Fernando Rodney right now is better than Wade Davis, but uh, maybe it won't stay that way. But it uh, was the it was it was also the mad at them for not getting you Darvish crowd too. Oh yeah, how's they that mad, working out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to come of, back and pitch. Uh, apparently, he's starting to throw on a rehab or something like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, I, I guess, I'm just now certainly. The team that's got to be laughing at everybody is Tampa Bay. <laughs> They've just swept the Yankees, and now they beat the Nats twice. Ended up with a little bench-clearing brawl there because mm-hmm. when Sergio Romo, it wasn't a brawl, they just all came out, but when Sergio Romo finished off a 1-0 victory today with the bases loaded, apparently Daniel Murphy said something to him, and they ended up. How? But, but they won five in a row, but let's face it, you know, we took advantage of the cheapness of Tampa Bay by getting Oda Rizzi, who has turned oh my awful. Gosh. The last three games have been just awful. Oh, and Logan, Logan Morrison is, if with any other team, he'd be damn near unusable. Well, Saturday, I'm watching Oda Rizzi. I'm like, what? what is wrong with him? What is what is going on? Oh, man, it's it was brutal. brutal. It's, uh, yeah, he, well, you know what? He doesn't have much of a breaking ball. He tries to throw that high fastball. And, yeah. and when you look him up, 
When he gets pounded, he gets pounded. Yeah, but because he doesn't he gonna, have the overpowering stuff. But so. hey, Tampa, you know, congratulations. You, uh, we, the bonanza of uh, Morrison is. I, I don't know if this guy can. I I don't see a hot streak coming. Do you with Morrison. that swing? No, he this, just he misses too many pitches. You know what this kind of feels like. Remember when they remember when they signed Rondell White in two thousand six? Yeah, to be their DH. This kind but of Rondell like wasn't Rondell, coming off a big season, though. That's true. Yeah, but like he just never. He no. started out bad, and we're like, okay, yeah, maybe he'll get going. But he never really well, got he, going until they got to the playoffs, and then he was the only one who was hitting yeah, for them in the then, playoffs. Uh, was it the next year that he, did they bring him back the second year, and he got hurt <laughs> running down the steps at Comiskey, running down the steps at Comiskey think, Park seven. when it was a. That would have been 07, right? One day he got hurt, he popped something, and it was like the Twins were, I was down at that game, the Twins were playing, it was like six degrees, it was freezing, mm-hmm. and he was Was that running, early in the year? Yeah, yeah, right at the start right of the, the year, start. he was running up, and I think he popped something behind his uh, calf, on the back of his calf, and, and had a miserable time. But Morrison, it's, it's there's launch angle, is fine, but your launch angle's can't be to the point that your bat has to interse- intersect on the way you're when you're lifting it yeah. with the baseball. You got to have some kind of a plane to your swing, right? And then lift, right? Once you make contact, and lift. I was just going to say there is this little thing called making contact yes. too that would help with a launch angle. Yeah, I mean you get a walk and stuff, but uh, anyway, uh, I, I was watching Rodney the other day and saying, you know. Basically, he's. I know why he's bad in April. He doesn't have his good changeup. Right. Once he gets his good changeup, he's throwing ninety five. Yeah, ninety four or five. Because he, he's what forty. He's forty one. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, sometimes it's straight if he wants it to be, but he can also move it a little bit. But his changeup, when he gets his changeup, they can't hit it because yeah. he throws it. A little, you know, it's the, he's got the perfect arm motion on it, and but guaranteed. As soon as he blows one, oh yeah, it's gonna be ah. See the the, the, the people who haven't said Terrible. anything for no, three yeah. months are gonna yeah. yeah. He's he's been fantastic. Good for him. Supposed to be a really good guy. I haven't. Uh, he's not a guy who, uh, from what I can tell, I've only been to a couple games in the last three weeks or so. That uh, hangs around the locker uh, clubhouse a lot. So you're not gonna get your. I mean, he's not avoiding people, but he's. I don't know what he's doing. He's probably working out in the back to stay in shape. But mm-hmm. uh, he's been great. He's been great. He's a, that's that was uh, of the, a good three, signing of for the them. three of the three veteran pitchers he signed. They signed. He's certainly the best. So uh, and Hildenberger, I wrote a little something about him yesterday. It was a long something. Uh, him was the same thing. He got his changeup back once yeah. he started throwing his changeup. He was okay. All right, we'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now. This day in history, Patrick. All right, on this day in history, June 26, 1956. Hey, you know how I like to say how old I am? I'm older than pizza. I'm way older than freeways. Way older than freeways. On this day, June 26, 1956, Congress approved the Federal Highway Act. Ike called for this during his uh, State of the Union speech, his second one, or no, his inauguration speech, his second one, and he called for a modern 
highway system that would cover the nation and with the Federal Highway Act allocating $30 million for the construction of 41,000 miles of interstate highways. Before that, we didn't have them, baby. We had two-lane roads for the most part. And Route 66 uh, that ran from Santa Monica, California, through the west, and then went up north to Chicago was probably the most famous highway in the country. And uh, was honored in song and with a movie called Route Route 66, which was an extremely popular movie in the early 60s. And, uh, uh, of course, and it's also the source of one of my favorite stories, baseball stories, Dave Engel, uh, who played for the Twins. Mm -hmm. And they lived in San Diego. And his dad was a big buddy in San Diego of... Ted Williams grew up with Ted Williams. So he would go to Lakefield, Massachusetts every year to run Ted's camps in the summer. Uh, Dave, uh, Ray Engel, I believe his name was, Ray's, uh, Dave's dad. Okay. And he would pick the family up at school. Dave Engel and his sister up at school, the last day of school. And they'd get on Route 66 and start driving to Lakefield, Mass. Wow. And he said, and they'd always have, they'd be pulling like a something, a little trailer in the back. They'd be pulling two-lane road, and he'd be going 45 miles an hour because he didn't have a car. <laughs> and the, the cars would back up for a mile behind him. And... Then they'd see an opening and they'd start passing them, and everyone who passed them gave him, him and his sister the finger. They said, <laughs> <laughs> all the way, all the way to Chicago, basically. Awesome. The old man would be driving that uh, that thing, but uh, <laughs> we didn't have freeways until Ike came along. Uh, and and on this day, they passed the highway bill. The only guy who voted against it in the Senate, Russell Long from Louisiana. Uh, we don't know why, but it was 89 to 1, and, and this this made the way for freeways in the United States of America. We didn't have them until Ike pushed them.